This is Keywords and I'm Zoe Cummins with words and sounds that you've self-recorded and sent us. This week, maps. Maps are starting points. They invite discovery of an idea, a person or a place. Writer Elizabeth Reader recorded near her local stream on her map, challenges, connections and movement. There's a burn that flows near our house. It's a thin river that for years we've wanted to trace up to its source and follow down to the end of its course. This water is bound by trees, alder, birch, pine, and thick undergrowth, often gorse, and so any path we'd make would be quite disrupted. And yet, having traced its path with my finger on an OS map, I look forward to this possibly never-to-be-taken journey and conjecture what we might experience. As a writer working between the real and imagined, I often use maps or archives or other familiar structures to give me a guide or pleasurable challenge as I write. Using maps help me understand the worlds I'm building. Maps give me multiple touchstones to work with, geological features, state birds, human geographies, shared borders, and allow me to create a fictional cartography that also reflects back the world we live in with its grace, bullying, and bias, all its risk and brilliance and allows me as a writer and us as readers to think forward to a world we'd like to see. We can map anything. For instance, we can map a town and show the streets and houses or the sewage system or which households leave a porch light on at night. You can give ground-eyed views and still blur things you want to keep hidden. You can map paths people walk or drive. And in this moment where the mapping of our movements might become mandatory, a necessary and also contested action of surveillance, it's interesting to think about how these maps of our movements would be interpreted. As soon as you think about the distance between what is on a map and what you experience, you know that all maps are partial and biased. In this space, we learn that map making can be an act of revolution and hope. Google Maps give us directions, but increasingly disallow a full perspective or the ability to make connections to other maps. And both of these are key to obtaining a better understanding of our world. As a virus obliterates borders and some humans attempt to entrench them, perhaps it's an opportunity to pay attention to the whole atlas and how individual actions made communal through sheltering can impact this earth and the people who live with it. When we read a map of this earth, we note contour lines, bogland, deer fences, and we try to plan a safe, exciting journey through it. When we make maps, when we build keys and legends, we are providing context and vision and giving people tools to make decisions for themselves. Perhaps in the lives we make, fictional or otherwise, in order to rethink how we are connected, it might be useful if we all understand that we are map makers, keys, and navigators. Writer E.R. Murray is in West Cork, looking out to sea. But even at the edge, there's a way forward, a future, new plans to be made and treasure to be found. Maps have always meant possibility to me, rather than boundaries and borders. As a child, I would read atlases the same way I read novels, deciphering the contours and keys, imagining the lives and experiences within those tiny demarcated areas, the colours, smells, tastes... The desire for travel was innate even then, and to this day creates a physical reaction. Staying in one spot for too long feels like a physical constraint on my gut, my feet, my head, my soul. 
change and adventure motivate me. New experiences and risk bring comfort and joy. Some say this is because my father was Romany Gypsy, but I didn't grow up with him or experience any Romany traditions in childhood, though I would have liked to. Some say this nomadic spirit is in my blood. I don't know what to make of that because I'm a strong believer in hard work and making our own destiny. Yet I acknowledge that many things are mapped out for us. Genetics, for instance, cultural histories, societal pressures, childhood trauma. I also believe that our experiences leave an imprint mapping the next moment from what came before. I'm sitting across from Long Island, West Cork, where my husband proposed with a treasure map. We'd been together for less than a year when we took the punt across. My husband had a huge bag of secrets with him, which he often does because he's creative and curious. So I took no notice when he asked me to sit and wait for his return. I wrote, I read, and one hour later, he brought me a hand-drawn treasure map on a rusty trowel and told me to dig. Now I may have read maps a lot as a child, but in an aesthetic way, practically, I'm a bit useless. Google Maps completely confuses me. So, as I followed the instructions, my husband's head would pop up on occasion shouting, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Often, when someone tells me that, I'm actually just taking a path they fear. Thankfully, that was not the case in this instance. Eventually, I dug up three bottles containing letters that I could only read once they were all found. The letters were full of love and sentiment, and the third one ended on X marks the spot. I found the X, two pieces of wood crisscrossed. I dug deep and uncovered a ring box containing shells and the message, Will you marry me? As I ran to where my husband was cowering behind a rock, he suddenly panicked that he hadn't made enough effort because there were no flowers. So he wrenched up a huge handful of sea pinks, roots and all, which collided with my face and trapped sand in my contact lenses. During lockdown, my biggest challenge is the impact of being static. All the maps I've made, all the successes I've had were built on risk and change and new experience. But as I sit here across from Long Island, West Cork, I think to myself, I might not know what to make of my gypsy blood my need for movement, my incessant drive. But this is a change too, this stillness, this pause. This moment will lead to another and afterwards a new map will be made and new roads will open. From E.R. Murray and a proposal by Treasure Map to the wedding planning. When lockdown confines us to close quarters, darker thoughts of each other start to emerge. Here's writer Simon Ferris and Rebecca Kennedy. Or should I say, Tom and Rachel. Hi, I'm Tom. And I'm Rachel. And we're going to be recording ourselves in quarantine. This map is just confusing me. It's not a map, Tom. It's a seating arrangement and it's a hierarchy of people in our lives and how much we like them. Well, they are melting my head. Can we just take a break for quarantine from the map thing? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. You want to watch a film? Okay. And what do you want to watch? Contagion? Uh, absolutely not. But it's really good. Yeah, but we're in the middle of a pandemic and I don't want to watch it. Well, what do you want to watch then? Um, 
Freud and Prejudice? Little Women? Little Women? Well, we watched Little Women yesterday. So what else is there? Jane Eyre? No. Fassbender? No, no, no. I don't want to watch that when I'm stuck in the house. Why? Because there's a mental woman who lives in the attic and I don't want to watch it when I'm stuck in the house. <laughs> it's a virus that's going around, not women in the attic. Yeah, but I'm just saying we're stuck. Like, I'm already feeling the thing of cabin fever here, Tom. So that's a definite. That's a hard no. That's a hard no. You want to watch Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's a good one. Yeah. They had the right idea. That in a while. Quarantine themselves in the pub. That was a good idea. Hey. Ooh, what we got? Food pack arrived. Finished. So we've got beans, getty hoops. Okay. All the essentials. It's amazing how much stuff you can go through in a week. This was needed. Why did you not like my chicken soup pasta? It was lovely. No, no, you kind of, mm, you kind of nice. looked like you weren't enjoying it when you were eating it. That was really nice. Yeah. Who would have thought to mix chicken soup and pasta? And raisins. And raisins. Was you said raisins you like, yeah, you said you liked the raisins. Last night I asked you, and I know that you weren't listening to me, and you said, yeah. I really didn't think there were raisins. Why? What did you think there were? I don't know. Something that would be in soup or with pasta. Well, I'm working with a limited supply here. Today's my turn on mixing something. Yeah. Well, I will be sure to be generous with my compliments. Oh, there's biscuits. Okay. State mandated jammy dodgers. Tea. Oh, thank go. you. Mm. What's wrong? Uh, this isn't my cup. Your cup? This is that. That's your cup. Oh. This that's that's your Ron Swanson cup. Oh yeah. This is the one female is the future cup. Yeah. I didn't realise actually, I forgot that we were using designated cups. It's okay though, we'd have it by now if we we're gonna get it. My lungs could be raisins right now. Raisins recently. There's nothing with me in raisins. I've always liked raisins. It's you as a problem with raisins. Okay, well, do you want me to make more? No, it's alright, I'm already infected now. Misery loves company. So I am making this recording, but because a couple of nights ago, Tom switched the cops. Before that, he'd like a tickle in his throat, like a, like a, <laughs> and he, he does it all the time. Mostly he does it in his sleep, but now he's starting to do it, he's awake. And I think he switched the cops, and ever since then, I can feel like, like a little, like, like a, in my throat. And I don't know who I'm living with, you know? Like, I feel like sometimes he's a normal person. But I also feel like he may like mind controlling me, like in a very dark period trauma type way. And I just want this recording, so if, if I die, I just want I just want people to know that it wasn't a natural death. Things have started to get really weird. She keeps going on about raisins, everything links back to raisin. And she lost it the other day about some teacups. I didn't even mix them up. The future is female. That's my cup. It's always been my cup. I'm doing these really weird sneezes. Eat you. Eat you. Like, what is that? That's not a normal sneeze. That's a virus sneeze. I think the best thing to do, the most loving thing to do, is to poison her. It's a mercy. I am 99% sure the doll's trying to poison me. And I can tell you this for nothing. If I'm going down, I'm taking that bastard with me. You know, I think I might be allergic to raisins, actually. Since when? I think probably always, but I just haven't eaten them as often as recently, and they're kind of messing with my stomach a little. They're the only fruit we have left. You need your five a day. What about the other four? I'll make you tea, though. Oh, I'm fine. Green tea? It's. I think it like it does. It t doesn't touch my throat properly. It can happen like little like inchy, like sneezes. Yeah, I've noticed. You are looking kind of pale. I've always been pale. You're looking paler then. You. You're pale. You look like a bit of dog shit that's been left out in the sun. It's aggressive. Yeah, well, I don't know why you wouldn't have any raisins. I'm allergic. Since when?
So good and bad news, we got the self-testing kits in the post the other day and we're both clear. Yay. Bad news is this will be our last recording. But I don't know if I'm ever going to want to listen to it. And we're, we're going to be really busy because we're just, we had to take two weeks off wedding planning. So we're going to go back into that. And that is a lot of work. A lot of work to bind us together forever. <laughs> Many think about Ireland with borders, defining counties and provinces. I take my map from folklore. Ireland's an island sliced horizontally, so that our imagination, our beliefs, perhaps a world of fairies and story, or the liminal, forms our bedrock, our understory, our other world. Over the past couple of months, Keywords has commissioned more than 60 writers, sound artists and producers many established, others just emerging. This series is a shared space to express that imagination, fleeting thoughts, deep-seated beliefs and new ways of looking. Over the next few minutes, you'll hear short excerpts and poems by Tanya O'Sullivan, Deirdre McLaughlin, Gary Brown and Fiona H., each pinned to their own point on the globe. Their maps are memories of places they've been, people they've known and history. Here's Neve Nigonal. She bought a jigsaw puzzle of an atlas for her isolating sister. She is on her own, in her new apartment. No friends or family nearby. Working away at the start of her career. An ad for a 2,000-piece jigsaw of a map of the world entered my Facebook page. It made me think longingly of all the places I had travelled to. Most recently, a trip to the Atlas Mountains in Marrakesh. Two weeks before the first case of COVID here. It seems like an eternity ago. I look at the jigsaw of the map of the world and think of people I have met on my travels from Africa, America, New Zealand to Peru and hope that they are all safe in their own place on the map of the world. Maps of Home Smooth mixing bowl, fingers webbed in cold buttermilk and silky flour, axial tilt, spatula tracing east-west parallels of doughy glue, like the lines of latitude on a graticule of grains, you say. Old tin bucket, thumb purging soil from fissure in inky mud water, femur, fused, corviday, columbiday or pariday, like a root map and bones. To last year's bird song, you say, white plastic basin, hands cup livey limbs, slippery with emollient, flexed leg finds its bearings as damp hair fluffs against a forearm, like the coordinates of your life before you knew who you were, I say. True North, 1972. Ritual red is the colour of sanctifying bloodshed. Doomed to shadow, cold chamber, waxen white, our hopes to smell, stretched motionless under Morpheus's spell. Life lingers, lips rejoice, we rise, mapping a course back into the light of our ancient oak grove. Heading out between the south and north walls, 
heading out on a tide to a brave new world full of opportunities and hope they hoped. Walking along now, I see the faces of people I meet, faces mapped out by anxiety, uncertainty and grief. Sad faces, happy faces. Their mouths moving and interchanging into shapes like crescent moons of glee and sadness, always moving. The crescent moon that shapes the tides, ebbing and flowing, coming and going, always moving. But now they are here, here like me, stagnant, confined. Confined by something we don't really understand. Something we didn't expect. Something that wasn't mapped out for us, any of us. They walk along a seawall that helped us to escape to lands of hope. They walk like me, full of anxiety for their lives, their families, their jobs, their futures. They are suspended, floating, drifting in the doldrums, waiting, hoping for a fair wind, full of opportunities and hope. They hope. Rhapsody. Repeat your song. I am incomplete without a heart. Fallen. I'll not let go. Ask me again. An emotion, a detour. Which road to take? I will sing until they make me stop. The most intriguing parts of a map are the shaded out areas marked as unexplored. It's impossible not to think what might lurk there. Another couple of minutes, we'll be ready once we've confirmed we have everybody on board. We'll close up the door and start time with a temperature of five degrees centigrade. Writer Danielle McLaughlin takes an aerial view of unknown territory. Your nearest exit may be behind you. In the unlikely event of landing in water, do not look down into the ghostly dark. Here be dragons and passengers who didn't listen to the safety announcement. Those boys in row 16, for instance, who haven't removed their headphones. The straps of their life vests will not be brought round to the front and fastened, but are destined to float behind them like tendrils of yellow hair. The maps that warned of monstrous strangers weren't wrong. Observe how in turbulence, at 30,000 feet, a man in row 8 has just reclined his seat into the face of a sleeping child. No, you may not have more pretzels. Have you forgotten how in the sea far below, humans once sat in boats made of whalebone, calculating the angle of the pole star? How they fought serpents, pirates, fathoms of black ooze. You are asked only to pull down sharply on the red toggle, but will probably forget. There's always the whistle. Listen to it swell the discordant orchestra of other whistles, distracting from the cacophony of gulls. On no account allow your mind wander to that article about the Lusitania the one your mother told you about over lunch last Sunday, that compared bodies found face down in the water with bodies found face up. Fish, it seems, are kinder than birds. Or perhaps fish are better nourished and have no need to resort to the chewy gristle of eyeballs, the cartilage of a nose. 
and when the cries give way to silence. Try not to dwell on how a thousand years ago, possibly in this precise patch of frenzied sea, some hide-clad human who never watched a safety demonstration stood a better chance of reaching shore than you. Hello from the Children of Planet Earth is a composition by Mike Glennon that combines recordings made for the Voyager Interstellar Record. This golden record was launched into space by NASA in 1977 on Voyager for a grand tour of the solar system and interstellar space. It contained samples of music and greetings from across the globe, a sound map of planet Earth and messages for any extraterrestrials that might encounter it. Tucked into the fold of this starry map, you'll also hear a poem by Thomas Mixon. As the Secretary General of the United Nations, an organization of 147 member states who represent almost all of the human inhabitants of the planet Earth, I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet. We step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship to teach if we are called upon to be taught if we are fortunate. We know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us and it is with humility and hope that we take this step. 30 years from now, Saturn completes another orbit. Predatory landing ends without a mention in most papers. Articles are read despite what they are printed on. No one is happy, but self-help books top the charts. Time travels just as hopeless. On war's brink, untended fields of wildflowers heave, self-pollinate. Hello from the children of planet Earth. In headquarters across the planet, executives mourn others' fathers, strange enough. So much remains the same. The augurs, needing little guidance, bore on, uninterrupted by our all-consuming, guilty pleasure for eternity. Au-dessus des étangs, au-dessus des vallées, Des montagnes, des bois, des nuages, des mers, par-delà le soleil, par-delà les éthers, par-delà les confins des sphères étoilées, mon esprit, tu te meus avec agilité, et comme un bon nageur qui se pâme dans l'onde, tu sillonnes gaiement l'immensité profonde avec une indicible. हमारी दिली खाईश है कि सारी दुनिया में हम रहे और ये हम जिंदगी के हर शोबे में हो। Liebe Freunde im All, als Vorsitzender des Weltraumausschusses der Vereinten Nationen und Vertreter Österreichs freue ich mich, Ihnen auf diesem Wege unsere Grüße zu I should like to extend the greetings of the government and people of Canada to the extraterrestrial inhabitants of outer space.
I wish to extend greetings and friendly wishes to all who may encounter this voyager and receive this message. We're almost at the end of this final episode of Keywords. Thanks to all the writers, musicians and producers who submitted. A particular thank you to Regan Hutchins for his production work on the series. We'll leave you with this weather map by D. Roycroft, which charts our changing moods. The Meteorology of Emotions Sunday will be mostly happy with isolated patches of anxiety. A sadness front will roll in towards early evening, bringing memories of 2014. These should clear quickly, leaving mild nostalgia and a longing for biscuits. Sunday night will be hopeful, with scattered pockets of laughter. A worry warning has been issued for Munster on Monday, extending countrywide by nightfall. People are urged to watch out for sudden changes of mood throughout the day. A brief but severe period of edginess during the evening will cause widespread wakefulness. This will gradually disperse by early morning, clearing to general dreams of flying. Tuesday will be mildly joyous for most of the country. Occasional tears on higher ground will quickly give way to giddiness and bad jokes. The night will be quiet and tired with deep sleeps for all but the very youngest of people. Wednesday. Gusts of distraction will reach storm force at times causing bouts of forgetfulness. There is a danger small items may go missing. Some may be at risk of lost bank cards TV remotes and earplugs. A slow-moving storm of grief will make its way across the country on Thursday night, bringing sudden tears and sadness to all counties. Heartfelt conversation will bring comfort to most places. All will have eased by daybreak. Friday will be melancholic and slow to start giving way to a cheery and carefree afternoon. Kitchen dancing possible in the evening, with plenty of arm-waving in places. An unexpected low front on Saturday morning will lead to misunderstandings and huffs. Cups of tea will prevail by lunchtime and tempers will subside. Saturday afternoon will bring thoughtfulness and daydreaming. A band of love will sweep in from the west on Saturday night, soothing all as they sleep. The dawn will be especially spectacular. Keywords was presented and produced by me, Zoe Cummins, and is a new normal culture production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sound and Vision Fund.